Hello, investors. This is Michael with Investorly. At the intersection of financial education and opportunity, we empower you to invest early. In episode 14, we welcome Miles Deutscher, cryptocurrency analyst with a focus on the Phantom blockchain. We learn why Miles is so bullish on FTM and take community questions. Stay informed of upcoming episodes, receive our valuable weekly newsletter, and learn to earn by subscribing at investorly.substack.com. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Can you start off with telling us what your investing background is? Yeah, sure. Firstly, thanks for everyone taking the time to um to sit in here and listen. I appreciate it. But my investing background um, started probably a few years ago, and I actually got into investing through uh, the share market in 2017 and 2018. So probably for the best part of two to three years um, till 2020, I was basically purely shares. And I think that kind of gave me um, the experience kind of doing like analysis on like PE ratios and fundamental analysis um, to be able to segue into crypto. Uh, so yeah, I was doing that for a couple of years. Um, did all right. I mean, anyone that was in the market at the time probably did pretty well for themselves, right? But um, I kind of took I kind of took the leap into Bitcoin in 2019. That was my first major crypto experience. I heard about it in 2018. Um, but then I Bitcoin had crashed at this time to like four thousand dollars, and I was like, stuff it. So like, I put a bit of money in. Um, you know, I'd made a bit of money through the share market. And then, yeah, I rode that pretty much all the way to this day. I, I, had, I didn't sell that original, um, those original Bitcoin holdings until like two months ago when I switched them um, into some alt. <laughs> uh, that was basically my kind of investing segue. And then um, in 2020, I just really basically just got stuck in. 2020, 2021 was a massive year of just growth for me. I just basically went full time researching all day because I'm just absolutely fascinated. By crypto and like the um, blockchain space and yeah that's pretty much how it started and, and i used some of that original capital that i made off bitcoin and a bit of ethereum and went into alts um last year and the year before and yeah it's just gone crazy since then i love it miles love to hear that um well tell us uh going back to your your kind of beginnings um would you call yourself or even in the beginnings would you call yourself a trader or investor or swing trader and also, how has that evolved over the years? Look, I first started, I was like, I'm, you know, I'm long-term. Anything I buy now, I'm not touching for 10 years. I'm not paying capital gains. That was my mentality. But I think once you get in a bit more in the space, you kind of, I've kind of realized how valuable um, a little bit of like rotation can be. So I wouldn't call myself a trader. Um, I'll definitely jump into short-term positions if like I know, um, you know, there's there's a, a bit of opportunity there. Like um, if I think some big things are coming for a certain project or I, or I really like um, what a team's doing, then, you know, I'll, I'll jump into a project. But generally when I'm investing, it's a long-term kind of play. So yeah, I have a long-term mentality, but definitely have started to realize the value of rotating. Um, and I kind of take the long-term approach, but also rotate a little bit. Like I've been pretty public with how I've been selling my AVAX for the Phantom ecosystem recently, um, two months ago in November. So if you don't know my history with AVAX, you know, I bought in at the start of the year, wrote it up from 20 to 130. So did, you know, decent with like a 7X and then um, pretty much wrote the plunge. Like once I learned about Phantom um, and fully started understanding the ecosystem, I sold off all my AVAX for Phantom. So I'd, I'd call myself a long-term rotator. 
is a long-winded way of describing my strategy. What was it? A long, a long a, a, rotator. A long, yeah, a long-term rotator. Basically, <laughs> like <laughs> good for me. I haven't heard that one yet. <laughs> you, no, uh, you carved out so, a new term. <laughs> well, yeah, I like taking the long-term approach, but I guess um, when I see an opportunity, because obviously investing is all about opportunity cost, right? So, like when I see an opportunity that's better than another, I think, for example, like why hold AVAX? when Phantom's so undervalued. Like, I'd much rather be in Phantom, right? So that's why I'll make those drastic swings at times when I think there's, you know, uh, an advantage to kind of be had. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my history. But I do have long-term bags like Luna, like um, obviously a lot of my Phantoms long-term, Arweave, just a few examples of things that, you know, I'm planning on holding for a decade plus. But um, I definitely have that section of my portfolio, which is, I guess I can consider play money that um, I can switch around a little bit. Sure, I fully understand that, and you know that's part of being an investor is you know, diversification and some long term, some more short term uh, with opportunity. And with that, I, I'm curious as to know um, your kind of approach, how you research, how you find a new project, and what are kind of the catalysts to kind of like solidify your conviction towards a new mm. a new project that you're that you're researching. What are what are maybe the, t- the top three things that you look for of you know if you're on the fence if it if it um, guides you towards investing into it or, or as not for me. I guess the first thing to start with is like how, how you find out about that new protocol. Um, and pretty much I just expose myself to as much content as possible, expose myself to as much research as possible. If someone tells me they like a project, you know, I, I always like to check it out and kind of the first, and obviously you get a lot of crap with that because, you know, if you're getting a hundred projects recommended to you every day or you're seeing a hundred projects, come up in your inbox um obviously 99 percent of them probably aren't great but um eventually you hit that diamond in the rough and my strategy for kind of determining whether it is is obviously the team is a major one so i'll always get into the discords try and speak to team members um just try and ask the mods as many questions as possible suss out the vibe of the community that's like a main one for me um something is like top priority communities top priority because there's a lot of um, price analysis and all that stuff we can do, but unless you've ticked off the team and the community aspect of a project, it's not going to succeed, right? So those are the first two things I'll do when I'm looking at a new project. Um, I'll also do a bit of TA to try and get my entry. But in terms of fundamental stuff, we I like to look at you know roadmaps, um, scope for growth in terms of like TVL. Like uh, for example, recently I came across Liquid Driver a couple months ago, and I just saw their model and it just blew my mind. It was like wow. These guys are like governance hunters, essentially. Um, and they're taking over the Phantom ecosystem. And kind of like once I stumble across a narrative, I kind of, you know, do some mind mapping stuff on like where this could play out. Um, yeah, if the team ticks off, the community ticks off, and the price, it looks like a good entry, then um, that's kind of how I'll base my initial investment. Yeah, that's, I mean, you've already, we haven't even, we haven't even started on Phantom yet. And I know everybody in the audience is, is probably like, let's get to Phantom. Let's talk about it. This is while we're here and uh, we appreciate you being here. I got one more question and then we're going to dive right into Phantom because I'm excited, but this is the last chance for everybody to, to showcase to their community that Miles is about to drop all the alpha on you. So make sure to tweet and share and showcase with your community right now that they can still help yeah. I got to reserve some stuff. I feel like I got to keep some stuff on my sleeve or I'll have no content to make on my YouTube. (laughs) Well, I mean, let's be fair, Miles. You are creating content at such a rapid pace right now that it's really impressive, right? Like I, 
I, I'm really locked in on your stuff over the last few months. And I, I, I mean, you are all over not just creating your content, but showcasing your ability to have the conversation around the blockchain and why you actually see the value in it. And, and, and frankly, you've been spot on as someone that's been paying attention as someone that yeah. signals. So that's also why we wanted to talk to you. I, I know you talked about this, you know, the start of 2017 and so forth, you know, your first crypto investment and, and sort of your web three background that's led you to this point today, right? We've got a lot of people that are probably like, I don't even know where to start. What do you just on a basic level of investing say to them? Um, in terms of like where to get started as like a new, new it, investor. It's so overwhelming right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like what would you say that would just be something that can be as simple as do this or do that and that you found to be very successful? You know what? All, all I can really speak of is my experience. And um, I would just say like education is absolutely key. The more time that you invest in yourself um, and the more time you put into yourself, like the greater the rewards going to be. I use this analogy a little bit, but your mind is like a human algorithm, right? So when you're making a trade, you don't need all the fancy TA and all the fancy financial algorithms. Your brain is its own algorithm of all its past experiences, all its knowledge. So everything that you can do to increase your knowledge, whether that's getting in discords, chatting to people that are smarter than yourself, asking good questions, watching YouTube content from good creators, that is where I'd start as like a new investor, just exposing yourself because you're not going to get it right. You're going to make mistakes in the first few months. I made plenty of mistakes. I still make some terrible trading mistakes, but it's all learning. And every time you come across a learning experience, you're enhancing your ability to do better next time. So that's where I'd start. I mean, it's pretty overwhelming, but yeah, just start educating yourself really would be my advice. I love that. I think that's so important. And you said some important things that you talked about investing in yourself. And that's really what we talk about all the time at Investory. Invest in yourself and education, how important it is. So no matter what you're doing here in this conversation, make sure to focus on the educational part because that will really drive your knowledge base, no matter if we're talking phantom, another blockchain, or any investment, even if it's outside of crypto. So really uh, resonates with, uh, with myself and I believe a lot of people in here. So Phantom, we've got you. Uh, you seem to be one of the premier Phantom experts on Twitter uh, of just showcasing the opportunity that seems to be available, right? Let's just mm. break down first off why Phantom, right? So Phantom, it's a it's an, a level, one, it's a layer one alternative to Ethereum, Solana, Cardano, and it's part of these cheaper and faster networks. And mm. that's just sort of your really really basic initial level. But why is it, in your opinion, so valuable to someone instead of these other potential op, uh, you know, use cases that they can go to other L1s? I'm going to have to start really with the basics here because the, yeah, when you ask me a question like that, I could just go off and oh, I'm sure all my followers know that as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, pretty much it's EVM compatible. So obviously you can't, um, EVM compat compatibility is massive because you can build on Ethereum, um, bring it over to Phantom. Uh, so it's huge for kind of onboarding new users. So that's the main thing. Um, it's fast, it's cheap. It's pretty much, you know, it's one of the fastest and the cheapest blockchains available. There's arguments that it's the fastest. Obviously, we haven't seen the full potential of its TPS yet, um, but we see extremely good uh, time to finality of around a second. So it's one of the fastest. So yeah, EVM compatible, cheap, fast, and then amazing developers is the next thing. Obviously, Andre Cognier, 
um, is an amazing developer, one of the best in the space, if not the best. Um, you've got community leaders like Daniela, obviously, um, in the Phantom community. You know, Michael Kong and the rest of the team are awesome as well. Great developers, great team. EVM compatibility, fast and cheap would be my basis for you know why Phantom is such a good blockchain. But yeah, there's also so, so much more that's happening at the moment, but that's my brief analysis. When it comes to when you talk about EVM compatibility, can you describe what that actually means for anyone that was like, I don't really understand what that means. So it's Ethereum virtual machine. So it means you can build dApps on Ethereum and they can easily be transported to Phantom. Um, and it also has good cross-chain compatibility with Ethereum. So I kind of use the analogy, it's kind of like a direct bridge, right? So you can get from place A to place B very easily, whereas some other chains that don't have EVM compatibility, um, you're essentially having to hop You've got to use an intermediary to get to to get to your destination. So you can't um, directly get there. So it's it's a direct bridge. It basically means, yeah, you can deploy dApps, Ethereum dApps on Phantom very easily. Yeah, that's great. But I think that's important that you could, you could see that. Now, when we talk about the Phantom blockchain itself, you talk about it being super fast and mm. super cheap. Now, one of the biggest pediments or biggest struggles that Ethereum has run into as it's grown and what we've witnessed over the last, I don't know, you know, 12 to 18 months is the congestion on the network, right? The expensive cost. And that's given, uh, I think, rise to these competitors or other L1s that offer these other abilities or capabilities, right, to be fast and cheap. But what about if Phantom gets, you know, more, more, they become, it becomes a bigger blockchain with more transactions. Is it always going to be as cheap? Is it always going to be as fast? How does that work? Well, the idea is that it will hopefully scale against the increase in transactions. I mean, even in this last week, we've seen gas fees rise slightly. So we do see like the effects of congestion sometimes, like any blockchain. Um, but obviously, we've got FVM coming. Um, we've got a lot of like storage and scalability development happening at the moment um, over at Phantom. I know they're really focused on that. So we've got some big things coming to enhance scalability, but obviously... Um, as you said, it's it's you know something that happens with time. You know, if Phantom was ever going to get to the same level as a, Ethereum in terms of transaction volume, it would obviously you know run into some similar issues. But due to its um, DAG consensus mechanism, it has an advantage there, um, and it should theoretically be able to scale uh, in a more efficient fashion. But it hasn't been tested in that sense because we haven't had those crazy volumes but um you know i've got confidence would theoretically handle mass volume after a little bit of scaling um enhancement on the dev side that's good miles so uh in regards to um uh, phantom token uh is is the phantom token solely used for transactions much like ethereum network ethereum token paybacks with avalanche well yeah the phantom token is the gas powering the network essentially is the easiest way to think of it just like you've got bitcoin as digital gold the phantom token on the phantom network is like the gas um which, which powers everything pretty much you know every time you do a transaction you're paying gas in phantom every time you want to transact with with another obviously you've got stables and whatnot but um the cheapest way is often to use phantom when you're doing swaps um you know phantom powers liquidity throughout the entire network so like the token is at the core so you know obviously as the network grows and scales you know, the phantom price should appreciate as per the law of the network effect. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. I know we're incredibly bullish on it, but uh, in your first video, which I, I watched actually today, I watched a couple of your other videos, but your first video that you posted, um, you talked about the centralization 
um, yep. is is a, a bit of a laggard for uh, the Phantom Network. Uh, it's mm. more centralized some, than some of the other blockchains, but uh, decentralization uh, seems to be kind of key. Uh, do you see um, the Phantom Network decentralizing much faster than other ones have in the in the past or are right now? Well, we've already seen like some initiatives come out of Phantom um, to reduce the validator cost. So I think it's only five hundred thousand phantom now correct me if i'm wrong which is amount that it costs to actually sedate a node so we've seen some initiatives on their part but the big thing with centralization is like it takes time obviously avax and sol are still relatively centralized as well so like i guess there's two counter arguments i'd make to that um but you know overall i do agree it's an issue and it's probably one of the lags as to why phantom isn't a top 10 or a top five project right now but um you know i've i've heard uh, you know, multiple interviews. Um, Michael and the team have said that they're looking to onboard thousands of validators um, over the next few years. So, like, it's definitely in their plans. Um, without getting too into the nitty gritty, obviously, we need a little bit of work on on the scaling side before we can get there. Because you know, onboarding validators means the network needs to be able to support that kind of transaction volume. Um, so, obviously, we need to enhance our storage capabilities. That's one of the things the devs are working on. But they do have a plan in place to onboard validators, but it's a slow process. So, um, you know, I don't see it as a huge headwind for the price in the short term because, you know, investors simply don't care much about um, relative centralization right now. Obviously, institutional investors um, probably are a little more focused on that because they're not, they're probably investing more uh, with a long-term mindset. So, uh, you know, it definitely is a slight lag on the price, but um. You know they've got a plan to combat it, um, and you know I trust trust Phantom Foundation and and all the work they're doing to get that um, development going. I want to dive into the DeFi portion of uh, the network and and some of the the top you know tokens that are available. First, I want to take one question uh, from the community while that we've got the request going already uh, because they've been up here for a while asking. So let's bring the first question up uh, from the community right now. Imperative, welcome to the to the space. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, it's cool to see how DeFi is starting to blow up more. So, when you were speaking about the necessity of like swing trading um, to actually get to the point where like your term positions are like sized properly, uh, because of the inherent volatility, you know, in the market with the Fed tapering and you know all of these uh, macroeconomic influences on um, how. Like market liquidity and volume reacts to um, value creation. I think it's actually really interesting to see, uh, like what's being incentivized long term. So, like what I'm gonna say is like in long term thinking, what do you think is gonna like accrue the most value um, based off of like user behavior? Accrue the most long term value. I mean, right now it's pretty obvious one to me. I mean, there's obviously a lot of um. A lot that needs to play out, but what Liquid Drivers are doing, and I know I talk a lot about them, but what they're doing in terms of being becoming the governance hunters of Phantom, essentially. So, um, if you don't know about like the curve convex dynamic, pretty much what Liquid Drivers are doing at the moment is they're buying up uh, in spirit, locking it to increase their percentage um, governance over the gauges, which means they can boost their own pools to return rewards to Liquid Driver holders. Um, so what we're actually seeing in the space right now is that liquid drivers is kind of positioning themselves to control governance over multiple protocols. Um, you know, I know that they're 
when the Beethoven gauges come out, they'll probably be a big player in that as well. And we're just seeing this. It's a very long conversation because, you know, it's a big question. But, you know, I think a token like Liquid Driver could be poised um, to attract some serious TVL long term if um, things play out like Convex and Curve and they can get the majority Lin Spirit, which they're on track to do. They can do the same with other protocols, um, which will just, yeah, drive massive demand for liquidity across the ecosystem. Uh, so Liquid Driver is my long-term one for sure. That's a big alpha. I'm do- doing a video on it because it's like just insane what's happening with that um, at the moment. But that's <laughs> well, my biggest play. We, lo- we love it. Not just alpha. That's big alpha for everybody. Mm. So if you're getting into developing, what chain as a developer would be the best one to start on? Is Phantom the best one in your opinion or do you think it's a different chain? Yeah, no, 100%. I think something like Founder could be the best. As I said, it's EVM compatible. Um, so it just makes sense because it's cheap. Obviously, deploying on Ethereum um, using Solidity, like that would be you know a good place to start. But it's so expensive to do. So I think for a new developer that doesn't have you know to do so, building on Phantom makes sense for sure. When we talk about DeFi on the Phantom blockchain and how quickly it's growing, I know you put a video out recently about the top places to get yield. Is that still the most relevant or because that's like a week old now, is there even an update to it or how, what's your experience been with some of the I mean, it's changing so fast. I actually have a video coming out in an hour and a half, which is my favorite updated yield strategies, like, which is good because it's endless content, right? Because it's constantly changing. <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, I still think a lot of that's still pretty relevant. Um, I think by yeah, Liquid Driver is one of the best places to get yield right now, just because of their insane kind of uh, revenue at the moment. Um, they're just they're able to offer crazy APRs, so um, that's one of my favorite places. Obviously, we've got Beethoven, which is another great place to earn yield on LPs. They're a balancer fork. Um, if you know the balancer from Ethereum, um, they're doing some super cool um, multi-token pools. Um, super unique. So they're probably my two favorite places to stake right now. But yeah, if, in terms of in-depth strategies um i i'll be running through all of them on my channel that's perfect guys so listen the, the, the key there is notice i asked miles right away if they were still up to date because we know how quickly the the yields and everything are changing and, and the ecosystem is just blossoming and there's mm. something new literally daily miles is going to have mm. an update in uh, a short time here well uh, with his best stuff so you'll definitely want to check out your youtube right miles yeah it's in an hour and a half. And I'll also be dropping a thread for people on Twitter too. And we, we know we love the threads from Miles. Um, so around the DeFi stuff, and specifically, let's talk about uh, Beats and Tomb. John is asking about the key catalyst monitoring F, you know, the Phantom uh, blockchain in and of itself. You talk Beats and Tomb specifically. Any thoughts around those two for catalysts? So Beats actually has gauges coming soon. So I think that's a big catalyst. Um, so pretty much we could see a similar thing to like Spirit Swap at the moment where there's a fight for governance on Beats, which would obviously drive up the, the Beats token as that kind of demand side pressure comes in. So I'd say that's a catalyst if you want Beethoven um, stuff. Obviously Tomb, I mean, it's you know, it's been incredible what Harry's been able to do there. So I'd say the biggest catalyst for Tomb is probably Harry, um, just being such a, yeah, just such an innovator and um He's the, the, the liquidity king. So, yeah, no, I, I really like Tomb. You know, I like uh, Beethoven. But um, in terms of Catalyst, I think Felix could be a bit massive in terms of um, giving people accessibility to these ecosystem tokens. Uh, I know that's coming Q1. 
So yeah, there's so many, so many catalysts because all of these ecosystem projects are kind of intertwined. Um, we're calling it spiderweb liquidity at the moment, which means pretty much all the kind of tokens are fighting for governance on each other. And we're seeing DeFi develop at such a pace that uh, on Phantom that we're just yeah, seeing this ecosystem blossom in a scene in DeFi before. Um, just with, yeah, all the different moving parts going on right now. It's really it, intriguing. It really is intriguing. It's truly remarkable the speed of what's happening with Phantom. That kind of talks about what's happened more recently with the, the, the price appreciation in the token. I know a lot of people are new. A lot of people are listening. I got a question about uh, with the price appreciating so quickly in, in, in the last 24 hours. And, I, and you know, you were right on this, talking about buying any pullbacks. We saw that pullback and you were pressing the button. I know. Telling everyone, hey, here's your chance. You're getting that pullback. Today's the day. <laughs> and then immediately, dude. Uh, right? <laughs> I, went, I, I was going fucking crazy during that dip. Like, it, you know, it's kind of frustrating as a creator because your the, the market sentiment is just purely deriving from the price. So, like, I, I was putting out bullish tweets on Phantom, and I was getting all this backlash in my comments. Like, we're dropping, we're going to zero, like all this shit. And I'm just saying bye, bye, bye. And I'm sitting here on my computer, literally aping, like a motherfucker. Sorry for swearing, but like. <laughs> It's true. Like I'm sitting there aping into Phantom projects, and then 24 hours later, like that was the dip to take advantage of. But um, I guess my advice, non not financial, but, um, you know, for entertainment purposes only, my advice would be to yeah catch those pullbacks. I mean, I know it's tempting to ape. Um, I know like you could try and justify it in your head, like yeah, Phantom 10x's, then it doesn't matter if I catch it at three or two fifty. But um, you know, I think it does matter from a risk reward perspective that we have to be careful um, when it comes to buying pumps because, you know, these ecosystem tokens, they can go up 80% in a day. They can also go down, you know, 40, 50% in a day. So definitely tread with caution because I know, I, you know, I post a lot of like phantom hype and obviously, you know, that stuff does really well, but I, you know, I have to be balanced and say, you know, catch the pullbacks because if you believe in something, you know, th those dips are just such a massive opportunity. Um, and those are the days you should be excited. I, I was actually less happy yesterday, you know, making crazy returns than I was the day before when I was able to get specials. So that's kind of my mentality. Like, you know, I'm, I'm begging for a dip. If we go down to two bucks, I'm celebrating. <laughs> I'll be here leveraging my, my assets to buy more phantoms. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my mentality. I like I like the way that you described that, right? One, not financial advice, but two, use the education, the conviction, the amount of resources and time that you put into something to understand that when you get those dips, that's when you really take advantage of it. Speaking of the dip and the pullback, the question from uh, one of our listeners, the Meta First, asks that: Do you, in your opinion, think it's better to wait for a pullback to jump in on uh, FTM uh, specifically, or do you think it's a better move? to spread that capital around the top 10 phantom ecosystem coins? Oh, it's, you know what, it's such a tough question because I'll have to like say to begin with that everything depends on, on your personal situation. So if you have no phantom exposure, then obviously it makes sense to start dollar cost averaging into the ecosystem because you have no exposure, right? So you've got to hedge against the price doubling from here. Whereas if you're already kind of deep in the phantom ecosystem, then like you can probably afford to wait for those pullbacks. So it's very situational. So it's hard to answer those questions. But uh, now, definitely waiting for pullbacks is the usually the strategy that I'd go for when accumulating. 
That's fair. I, I got to tell you something right now. We've done a lot of these. I haven't gotten messages DM to me as quickly as they're coming in right now. But I'm getting rapid fire questions here. So I'm going to try to move quickly through them. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I mean, I was just on Crypto Banter like a few um, I, hours ago. And then that just nuts since then. <laughs> it really, you know, listen, I, I was watching that just a little while ago and uh, it was a great appearance. And I recommend anybody to go watch that too uh, when you have a chance. But um, yeah, no, you can just tell the fervor and the interest and the intrigue and people getting into phantom and understanding it more. So let's just yeah. through some of these. Cause then I do have a question or two about the, the rest of the year. And then of course the developers in the space. So, you know, hopefully we can, you got another 15, 20 minutes for us. And, uh, sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So one of the, one of another question is what is your favorite platform to leverage funds on? All right. So what my favorite platform hundred percent depends on what tokens you're leveraging. So I had quite a large Luna bag that, um, I, w I like to leverage on Anchor because that's my favorite Lunar protocol. If you're leveraging Phantom, then I'd say Abracadabra Money is a great one um, to leverage MIM. Um, if you're also Tarot and Scream, a great borrowing lending platforms on Phantom. So I guess it's purely dependent on what asset you're trying to leverage, but those are probably my top four. I like it. You talked a lot about your love of Liquid Driver. I'm sure you're going to talk more about it on your YouTube video soon. But is there, there's a question around the risks. Is there any risk of Liquid Driver being hacked? I was one of the victims in the Grim hack. So I, I completely, this is also, you know, a major concern of mine uh, going through what happened with Grim. If you don't know what happened there, their vaults got cleaned and people lost a lot of funds. So, and those funds are now worth a lot. So like if you got hacked, it, it, they're worth 4x more now. So that's, <laughs> it was frustrating. But uh, in terms of Liquid Driver itself, you know, I, I do a lot of research on the security because obviously now with such a big stake in the protocol, personally, relative to my portfolio, um, you know, I've been looking into the security a lot. What I will say is obviously they had the Solidity audit, which unfortunately Grimm was also audited by them. So their credibility is a bit iffy at the moment. I know they've got audits on the way, a high level audit because they you know, obviously needed the funds to be able to do so. Uh, and I also know that the developer, uh, Dr. Liquid, and the rest of the team have heaps of experience. Um, I think there was one comment in the Discord that really uh, resonated with me. It was like, our devs have the experience that half of the auditors have you know, and more. I trust the team. The, de the devs are really solid, but obviously diversify your risk because there's always a risk in these platforms and there's never a 100% way to know for sure. But, you know, I've talked to the team. I've trusted the team personally, but there's always a risk. What about cross-chains? Are you, uh, you know, being still phantom applicable? Are you playing? I love ICE. Um, I know Danny has some massive tricks, obviously, with ICE. And there's something I maybe shouldn't say, but phantom. Uh, so, yeah, ICE is a massive one. Really like ICE. I do love Spell. Um, I love using the protocol the token itself has been a little bit annoying as a holder due to like the emissions um and but obviously like we haven't really had that bullish wave um in crypto in a couple months now to like really push up some of these DeFi tokens so no i do like ice spell i was a time holder for a while as well um so yeah no i've definitely i definitely have a little bit of a play around in the avax ecosystem but the yields on phantom right now are just like where it's at you're just not getting better so i definitely have allocated most of my funds to phantom now that it kind of just makes sense to do so yeah it, it really does um how about this can you justify taking a loss to rotate into a project with higher potential such as phantom for example yeah because taking a loss is like 
such a myth because it's all opportunity cost. So it's just a mental conundrum because people want to get to break even before they rotate. It's like like opportunity cost is still opportunity cost, no matter if you're taking a loss or not. And also it's a capital gains write-off. So like I love taking losses. Well, I don't love it, but like at the same time, if I take a big loss, it can't, you know, I kind of have a bit of a sigh of relief, like write off against some taxes. So, so yeah, no, definitely. If, if you believe in Phantom more, say you own Solana and you bought Solana at 200, just an example, and it's now 130, and you're like, oh, should I take the loss to rotate to Phantom? It just comes down to what you believe in. Do you think at $2.90, Phantom will outperform Solana at 130? Yes, take the loss. It's opportunity cost. If the answer is no, I love take the Solana. I love the way you put that because opportunity cost is really the key. There's an up- upcoming airdrop, right? So yeah. if you hold Phantom on an exchange, are you going to qualify for the upcoming airdrop or should you move your tokens to your MetaMask or uh, you know Trust Wallet? Are you talking about Andre's V33? That's what I believe the, conver- the question yeah. is because that's, that's what I'm Okay, right well, firstly, none of us have all the answers. So like I, I did a video in depth on my channel where you can check out uh, where I've kind of talked about it, but a lot of people are asking me, how am I going to get the airdrop? So we don't actually know. We're getting details next week. Um, what we do know is that it will the tokens will be distributed to the top 20 protocols on Phantom by uh, TVL. So what's actually going to happen is, for example, Spooky Swap is going to get uh, given these tokens. I think it's going to be called Solid, the project. They're going to be given Solid tokens. Then they're going to have a choice over how they distribute that based on their governance. They'll probably um, yeah put it to a vote choose how to distribute the tokens those tokens will then probably be distributed to governance holders in the form say you're holding xbu um you'll probably receive the tokens as a staker of xbu so that's just my guess um but every different protocol in the top 20 is going to have a different method of distributing because it's up to them how they reward holders right um it's up to them what they do with those tokens so i don't know if i could advise aping in to like the top 20 protocols on a whim that you're going to get these massive token rewards because we simply don't know when or how that is going to work. Um, so I would wait till next week. I'd wait till we get a little more clarity because what's going to happen is these protocols are going to start coming out and stating their plans. So SpiritSwap might come out and say, this is what we're doing with the tokens. Spooky might come out and say, this is what we're doing with the tokens. So then you have more of an idea of how to allocate. So to people like itching to hands on the Andre coin, you're going to get it. Just don't worry. You're going to get it. Just wait until we get some more clarity around the situation. I like that. And I think I, I want to take a second here because I, I specifically wanted to just touch on the, uh, the developers, right? We have some of the biggest developers in all of cryptocurrency focused on the project and bringing it to the phantom blockchain. That's huge, right? From Andre and Danny. And they're, they're collaborating on a project. Mm-hmm. And they uh, have talked about this, but there's a lot of people probably that are not up to date with exactly what this all means. And um, can you just, in a, in the most simplistic way, describe what's going to happen next Friday or what has been showcased to us from uh, you know the, the sort of alpha drops that we've been given? Uh, well, obviously, Danny and Andre. I mean, Danny came out and said that Phantom is now like his testbed. Uh, writing new protocols so he started on phantom i'm pretty sure and he's come back to the network uh, that he started on and he's building on phantom actively again so i think from a long-term perspective not just next friday but from a long-term perspective having having him and andre is such brain power daniela is like the master community builder having such 
big figures um, forcing and building in the Phantom ecosystem will be massive, um, especially, you know, as Danny starts to integrate, you know, Wonderland to Phantom integrates, you know, to, uh, Ice, you know, and then there's big things coming there with Phantom. So I think that's a massive catalyst. Um, in terms of, like, what will happen next week based on this new token drop, I mean, we don't know how it's going to affect the market because we don't, we don't know the dynamics of that yet. You know, obviously, people, things love to pump in the hype. So, you know, we could see that things pump a little bit before the the tokens are released and then they it drops slightly once they're released um, before we get a full kind of gauge on the impact. So, yeah, that, but long term, it's mega bullish, mega, mega bullish. Yeah, that's one of the main reasons I've been so interested is when you have the, the best uh, developers focus on a specific blockchain that's undervalued in comparison to competition, there's a lot of opportunity. We've been breaking that down right here the way you've been showcasing it. There's a good question about TVL, and I've heard you usually talk about TVL, and that can't, that, you know, that's not the best identifier mm. of a blockchain. It seems to be the key driver of price as signal of adoption. So apart from the current protocols, which are growing, you know, which could grow the TVL significantly, what's like the main hurdle for other laws such as the Ave to deploy on Phantom and for Curve to scale relative to their presence on other chains? From my understanding of the question, I think, you know, liquidity is a, a bit of an issue on Phantom at the moment. Um, so it actually is very hard for, you know, big platforms to kind of migrate over. So I think that's, you know, one major thing. Uh, obviously, we've got new protocols and initiatives on Phantom to like help solve that so that, you know, it's being addressed. But, you know, I'd say uh, liquidity is one one thing you need to be able to launch. And then um, TVL for me is obviously the indicator of adoption. It's not the be all and end all. You have to have the on-chain data to kind of back it up. Um, but I think what we're seeing with this injection of liquidity into the Phantom ecosystem um, at, is just a mass growth and we're still, you know, undervalued in TVL terms, you know, relative to other protocols. TVL ratio is still 0.9, which is just nuts to me. If you don't know what that is, that means, you know, our market cap TVL ratio is five times less than Solana or two and a half times less than AVAX. So it's pretty nuts how undervalued we, we still are in terms of liquidity versus market cap. Uh, but I think that discrepancy, you know, will even out over time and we've seen it even out a little bit recently. But money is flowing into the Phantom ecosystem quicker than the price can actually catch up, uh, which is what we're seeing at the moment. Massive, massive TVL boost and the Phantom price simply just can't keep up because it typically lags behind, right? we got a question about, uh, and I'm not familiar with this, Revenant Finance. It's run by the old owners of State Finance. Are you familiar? I'm not too familiar with that, no. I can't answer questions on that, oh. yeah. Oh, no, actually, uh, I, I do. I can answer briefly. No, I, I know about credit. If you're talking about credit, yes, it's a new borrowing lending platform on Phantom. I actually did have a look into this, uh, and it looks super interesting. I need to do more due diligence. I haven't been AP into the token, but I've considered using it as to borrow against it. I think they issued a new stablecoin. So it looks super good. I know a lot of, I know their last project got hacked, um, so there's a lot of questions about security, but, I, you know, the devs seem pretty legit from what I've seen, do your own research. But yeah, it looks like a decent project on face value. When Tomb falls below the FTM peg substantially, what's the historical behavior of Tomb that it not only restores the FTM Tomb peg, but high enough for T-Bonds to get the redemption bonus above the uh, 1.10? Well, since Harry took over, uh, it's it's been pretty much a perfect strike rate, hasn't it? Obviously, we had issues in the past, but um, since the new team you know, has been in place in Tomb, we've had... We, we've seen some pretty we've seen that uh 
we've seen the Toon Price be able to catch up to Peg fairly quickly. Obviously, you've got Harry's um, major backing. You know, it's always a risk that we do drop below Peg. And, and you know, we even saw last week it was a long process to kind of get it back to Peg. So, you know, it's always a risk. You know, I, I do back the team. And I guess okay, that's what matters, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, you started the conversation talking about and you've continued to to not just explain or express why it's important to you know have conviction in the team, but you backed it up and described some of the reasons why the team can be successful. And they, they, you know, listen at the end of the day, the individuals that are participating here, a lot of them have been very successful in past projects and uh, and shown their their medal. So mm. uh, no reason to think that they're not going to be super successful as they uh, move forward. But with that, I do want to take uh, one more question I'm going to pick out. And thank you again to everybody that's sent them in. Someone asked, and I think this is a fair question, what allows Phantom to keep moving forward? The same way people moved on to AVAX and now they're moving to Phantom. Who says investors will not move on to the next thing in a couple months? You know, I don't want to be too bold in my statement, but because Phantom, I have not seen a DeFi ecosystem develop this fast uh, and this with this much intrigue in terms of what's happening with governance that I have since probably Ethereum in its early days with Curve. Like genuinely what's happening on the Phantom Network now, is it's an explosion and it's kind of setting itself up to become the king of DeFi. That's genuinely where I see things going. And you might say, what's stopping? Like, you know, developers will move to AVAC and then people will just flood liquidity there. And like that does happen across layer ones. But what we're seeing is like this, as Drake on Digital says, sticky liquidity. So people are incentivized to keep their money on chain and it's kind of like a black hole of liquidity right because you've got all these um all this liquidity locked up in different protocols which are fighting for governance on other protocols and it's kind of just this big spider web of capital which is being locked in the phantom ecosystem so i think the way things are being set up right now and i'm gonna have to describe this in simpler terms in some videos and break them down but what's happening right now is we're getting there's huge incentives to enter Phantom from a liquidity perspective, but also lock up in Phantom. And, and I really have not seen a DeFi chain kind of develop at this pace with this mass expansion since Ethereum. That's the honest truth of where we're sitting right now. So I think there's a lot to play out this year. You know, I wouldn't be too worried about liquidity being sucked into other chains anytime soon, just with how things are developing. It's been really remarkable, the pace of innovation and the way that this stuff is accelerating on the Phantom uh, blockchain. And it does seem like we are still uh, ahead of the curve, but it does feel like uh, the signals are starting to get picked up on a wider level across the ecosystem. And I expect that towards the end of this will really take off. I did bring up Justin. Uh, you want to follow up on your question, sir? Good guys. Thanks very much, Michael, uh, for hosting this. And, and Miles, you're doing a great job. Really appreciate and respect your knowledge. Having getting into this uh, ecosystem by doing and learning by um, by failing a couple of times, it's really given me a, a lot more confidence to hop onto spaces like this. So, look, I um I wanted to thank you for your answer in regard to the the T bond and the peg. The peg um dropped below the tomb and phantom peg dropped below one for one just recently, mm -hmm. um to a point where it was actually attractive to buy the T bonds. In buying the T-Bonds, um, now we've seen Phantom and Toom increase in price quite quickly today. All I need is for Phantom to drop $0.05 cents and to Toom to go up $0.05, cents and I'll get that 1.1 1, 1 .1 redemption bonus on the T-Bond. My question before wasn't so much a dig at the Phantom um, 
you know community and that they haven't been able to restore it in the past i, I don't have i don't have any concerns about that mm -hmm. what i was wanting to know is really just the the action or the price behavior around is it better to hold out for the redemption bonus in your opinion or do you think if you've got the t-bond at quite a, a good discount when the peg was was quite low or or, or disproportionate mm -hmm. that it's better just to redeem the t-bond at say one 1.07 instead of holding out for the 1.1 i mean it, it, look it all depends on your situation obviously if harry was answering he'd obviously say wait for the redemption because it's better for them but i mean it all just depends it depends you know what you're happy with taking really um you know i i personally i'd personally wait but it's a personal thing it, it really depends i That's was actually okay. buying up, i was actually buying up t-shirt at the time and not the bonds of being a little bit cheeky uh because because that was the higher like return play at the time to the bonds but i guess if they're you know you need the bonds to facilitate getting the tomb price back up to, to peg thanks for helping the community i was being greedy I, I, <laughs> I won this time but when you know if tomb ever really struggles to get back up i might need to step in and buy up some bonds are you a fellow aussie <laughs> obviously of course of course where about yeah. you from if you don't mind sharing i'm in melbourne same i'm in melbourne i'm, I'm melbourne yeah, well. no. yeah listen you, you i gotta tell you guys something you aussies are spreading like wildfire <laughs> everywhere we, like we, covid we, like covid that, you mean yeah yeah we, i have spoken to more aussies across my different conversations at this point and uh i gotta say i love you all though thank you i mean you know what it is we've just Obviously, we're like the, I think we're the fourth biggest like consumer of content online in like Western world, just because we're we've all got access to technology. Obviously, you know we're quite a well-off country, so we've all got access to the tech. Um, seemingly, with all the stimulus, we've all got money to spend, pour it into crypto. So that's yeah, you're just seeing Aussies pop up everywhere. <laughs> thank, thank you, Justin, for the question, and uh, and thank you to everyone for the question. And Danny, you want to close us out with some quick hitters? Yeah. So, is there is there one thing that you do in your daily routine that contributes to your success? Make a YouTube video. Oh, <laughs> content right. content creation like is key. That's my that's my routine. Uh, and uh, there's something there's something that investors have, and it's uh, investment fatigue or investor fatigue. What's something you do uh, to break from investing? And it can be very short, or it can be kind of long term. I've got a uh, place, a property up in the country. So I just go there and, uh, you know, try and get off the phone for a little bit. But at the moment, it's very hard to take a break. But yeah, usually that's the go-to. And what's the, what's the one thing on your bucket list that you want to do in your life? Well, ooh, this is a hard one. I mean, at the moment, I'm just itching to travel because of like COVID. And, um, you know, I'm fairly young. So I haven't been able to travel as much as I'd like. So yeah, pretty broad one, but traveling specifically, probably Europe. I want to do Europe again. Because you haven't been able to. Okay. Any specific country? I I really want to go, probably like Spain. Um, because I've done Italy and Greece, but I really want to go to Spain. I'm a big Real Madrid uh, soccer fan, so uh, that'd be awesome. Go watch a game there. And uh, we know Phantom is your number one blockchain. What's your number two? Oh God, I'm gonna tear some allegiances here. Oh no, this is easy. Luna. That's a pretty safe one. I feel like that's safe. Luna. Okay. <laughs> i don't mean to get no 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 phantom <laughs> no nah, i'm joking phantom and uh, lunatics are like i feel like we're on the same page we're okay good. and last one for me if you were not a crypto or nft or anything to do with uh crypto as an investor 
what other kind of investor do you think you might be? Whether it's maybe real estate or stocks, bonds. I would do uh, something. I else. would do property. I actually studied property at uni, so um, I would probably do uh, property development. And if you know crypto ever goes to zero, then that's probably what I'll do. Which I hope it does. All right, I like it. <laughs> well, well, I can't let you go with that. We hope that crypto doesn't go to zero. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm scaring people. I, up. Yeah, don't scare anyone off. It's been a great conversation with uh the, for the last hour. So let's let's end it with. With this last one, and I know everybody's curious about this, the price of Phantom the token on January first, twenty twenty three, it's above or below ten dollars. It has to be. It, it has to be above uh, ten. Are we saying ten? I'd say twenty thirty. Like, look, it's very. It's it's obviously hard to make short term price predictions, but twenty twenty three is a couple. It's a year away, right? So yeah, not above ten for sure. We'd like to thank Miles Deutscher and the community for a great conversation. Stay informed of upcoming episodes, receive our valuable weekly newsletter, and learn to earn by subscribing at investorly.substack.com.